0: This is The Rest is PR, with Lyle Fulton and Jackie Valls. Hello everyone and welcome once again to The Rest is PR. My name is Lyle Fulton and I'm here, somewhat surprisingly, with the wonderful... (laughs) (laughs) Jackie Bores I didn't expect listeners to be recording an episode today I was fairly certain it wasn't going to happen because Jackie and the lovely Demozo team have been away at the glorious gorgeous Moulton Grange in Northamptonshire something I sadly couldn't get to and then I get a message bright and early this morning you're about I'm back I'm back nice and early so Jackie as is tradition I'm going to ask you how are you this fine Friday morning with a follow-up question how has this week been how were the team how was your trip away
1: it's a great trip. Thanks, Lyle. I am very upset that you didn't make it. I have just, previous to us getting on air, outlined the possibilities to Lyle.
0: I am absolutely
1: But he gutted. was from gutted. injury and doubling up and all sorts of shenanigans going on in your production. But our production went really seamlessly. And I want to do a big shout out, actually, to my very new executive assistant, Victoria, who literally was recruited the week before, dived in and made it a fantastic experience, got people there, arranged a minibus. I said a coach and everyone went, it's a van with seats. But anyway, (laughs) um, arranged a coach to go up there. It was sort of on the hotline to the person who owned the place. This place was incredible. It was vast. There were like five sitting rooms there. And uh, huge fireplaces and amazing lake and peacocks. We had peacocks coming and visiting us. Incredible. It was amazing. And I stayed in the the room quite um, inappropriately, but they thought it was appropriate that Queen Elizabeth had stayed in during the war.
0: Well, I have to agree with the team. I mean, in fairness, you know, I'm in agreement with the team. Had I been there, I'd have thrown my hat into that particular room as well. You know, I think that's only appropriate. And I've also just been, listeners, illuminated to the fact that on the first night, and honestly, I wish I could show you my reaction when I heard this. Still absolutely devastated this. Jackie brought a karaoke machine to this place. And on the first night, the team did team karaoke. And... You don't even really have to know me personally, listeners, to get the sense of how much I adore Carrie. Carrie and I am well, human. I apparently some of the stories Kelly are
1: hogged it. We invited <laughs> the inevitable Carrie, Kelly Vero along. We hogged it. I, I opened opened um, everything up with a rendition of Dancing Queen, and I genuinely think everybody just looked like they were in shock. <laughs> so yeah so that was fun that was our Christmas thing because I wanted to do something a bit different because of Covid and everything else we have all been working remotely a lot and even though um, I think we've referred to on a previous pod everybody went out to Helsinki for a big event I tried to think about events and times where I can get the maximum amount of people together and because it was christmas i knew we'd be spending a fortune taking people out for a dinner or doing a christmas party or something so i thought what a better opportunity than to try and rent a big house in the country get everybody there for a couple of days and we did our reviews we did i brought along some gingerbread houses for people to make some christmas baubles for people oh. to Paint or do um marbling with the inks and dipping and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I do think I don't know because I I left early to to do some delivery of said Vero to London City Airport, which is why I'm back early, which is why we're doing this impromptu pod.
0: Back and ready, back and ready, which is awesome. And like I say, I was absolutely delighted to get the message this morning. I was absolutely buzzing. I will be honest, and I haven't actually said this to Jackie listeners just yet. I will be honest, I was half expecting. Jackie to be like yeah I'm free for a podcast some of the team may well just be here because I was half expecting you to do it from where you were I'm thrilled that we have our lovely on-air sign behind us which if you've been watching the videos is is behind Jackie yeah, true to form that is brilliantly front and center behind Jackie but yeah I was absolutely gutted and the more I hear about gingerbread house making and all the yeah. team being together meanwhile I was out doing a christmas carol which depending on when this episode goes out will still be running in St Albans come along brave the piercing cold cold, the bitter cold it was minus three last night when I did it listeners um, and uh, I'm trying to hide as best as I can just the intense devastation I feel that the wonderful team were lovely snug and warm having loads of fun yeah
1: snug and warm was not the byproduct of being in a (laughs) lot of God knows how much money that place takes to heat but um, probably quite understandably I I don't think it was on full heating (laughs) I on my faithful hot water bottle and clutched it for most of the time I was there
0: in fairness I can understand that from the perspective of the owner meanwhile I am about to embark again today and tomorrow and Sunday looking like the michelin man as i walk out and walk around the site because i wear about eight layers to keep myself warm and i have all the audience going oh i hope you're wearing layers and i go as charles dickens i have to reply and go layers what what are these layers you speak of (laughs) no no i'm used to the cold i wrote this story in the cold blah 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 blah. it's freezing we get it um but this week listeners we have decided to in this impromptu episode discuss something that i think we are always bound to discuss at some point but it seems quite pertinent now because of the release of a certain netflix series which i'm sure we'll talk quite a bit about but also a few other things that have gone in the last few weeks and months we've decided to talk about celebrity PR, almost like a Christmas special. Can we
1: call this this one, the rest is Harry and Meghan? The
0: rest is Harry and <laughs> Meghan. The thing is, is that from my understanding, I haven't watched any of the series yet, but uh, Alice, my wife, has told me that they actually call themselves H&M, like, you know, M calls him H and H calls him M. Um, but we might get in a little bit of trouble if we say the rest is H&M because of the connotations that also has currently in the wider marketplace, not talking H&M. People have their own views, um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, the release of this Netflix series, the you know, unegotistically titled "Harry and Meghan," um, <laughs> you know, just just so we're clear on who it's about and what it's about, has kind of led Jackie and I to impromptu decide we're going to discuss celebrity PR. I mean, I don't really have an opening salvo here, Jackie, other than: Have you seen the series? Have you been watching it?
1: Yeah. Well, um, thoughts. I'm always fascinated by. Obviously, celebrity life and celebrity PR, just from the perspective of it's so out of my wheelhouse as a personal thing that I do. I have mixed with publicists who look after celebrities. And sometimes we have conjoined efforts when they've been looking after celebrity and I've been working with a brand that that celebrity is endorsing or a brand that that celebrity has produced as part of their own franchise. But I've never personally done publicity or worked as a publicist. And I did spend a bit of time with Max Clifford, who was a very famous publicist back in the sort of 80s, 90s until he was found out to be one of the naughties. Oh my God, I'm very funny. Um anyway, but um yeah, this I'm fascinated by that. And I'm also fascinated by the news agenda. And it just occurred to me there is so much going on in the news right now that we really should be focusing on such as the potential of a general strike you know our nurses are going on strike our postal workers are going on strike our train drivers are going on strike. it's looking like we were moving towards general strike the economy's already in crisis cost of living spiraling high and all the media can talk about is celebrity stories yeah and it's really, really interesting because last week or the week before, it was all about Matt Hancock. For those who listen from abroad, Matt Hancock was our ex-health secretary who was in charge of all of the governance associated with the UK's response to the pandemic yeah. and was bound to have broken his own rules that he set for all of us to follow And um, he subsequently resigned from the post with his head hanging in shame. Mm. And then suddenly turned up on one of the biggest reality TV shows, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. And that's led to a lot of media hype and uh, debate. And then for Hot on the Heels, we have Harry and Meghan with the release of their new documentary, which was... Beautifully and cynically timed to coincide with the royal family trip of William and Kate to Boston yeah, um, in the United States. And I'm just, I'm agog with how much media airtime and column inches these stories are getting.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I completely agree. And I think framing it in that way is actually really important because we could quite easily particularly with the Matt Hancock example. And part of me hopes that for the next half an hour to 40 minutes, we do do this. We could quite easily just, you know, completely bash Matt Hancock for what he's done because, you know, I think it was just, you know, horrendously inappropriate. And um, I hear on the grapevine, although this might just be tabloid rumour, that he's also since been offered a deal to appear on Who Dares Wins, SAS, Who Wins. Well, Dares he already Wins. did
1: one. He already did a celebrity Who Dares Wins, but nobody took much notice of that, which leads me to my very cynical supposition that it's very much in political, in the political circles to their benefit. Yeah. But these stories do eclipse all the real life stuff that's going on.
0: And it's weird, isn't it? In the political sphere, you know, this is a tangent we'll roll down just just briefly. In the political sphere, it's kind of a weapon that both can use, isn't it? Weirdly, because we're under a new premiership now with uh, Rishi Sunak, who uh, seemingly, you know, depending on who you believe and who you listen to, was occasionally at loggerheads with Matt Hancock's approach to everything when it came to PPE and things like that. Um, Again, that's not me sticking up for one or the other. That's just, you know, kind of in the space that we exist in that's kind of how people view it um, so Rishi can, you know, kind of publicly come out, although I, I believe he's yet to do so and kind of denounce that he's, you know, that Matt Hancock has done this in, in the jungle and kind of make it very clear that that's not how his MP should behave. And um, one imagines he'll do that at some point, but um, Matt Hancock's obviously recently announced that he's not going to stand at the next general election. And Keir Starmer on the other side obviously has a huge stick to beat the government with. Now, what, you know, your, your ex-MPs or actually current MPs, because for listeners outside of the UK what made this all the more scandalous is that matt hancock was and i believe still is a sitting mp like he was just suspended
1: yeah, he was paid by the taxpayer to yeah. represent his constituency in parliament
0: he was he was suspended by the conservative party but being suspended from parliament doesn't mean you are suspended as an mp so while he was in the jungle and he got to the final because this country is occasionally a bit bonkers occasionally more or less all the time um you know he didn't win it mercifully lovely Jill Scott who's a fantastic person and and a great ambassador for women's sport and all sorts of other things she's brilliant Jill Scott won it but Matt Hancock got to the final so for a good three weeks he was supposed to be at work and instead he was in the jungle earning money from ITV still earning money as an MP and that's that's what was so scandalous yeah, extraordinary, extraordinary money. I mean, it's just more
1: money than some people make in their lifetimes.
0: And in fairness, he's he he he's already earning as an MP not a huge amount of money, but more than lots of people would uh, earn small people. Definitely. Yeah. More...
1: Book. And this is, you know, this is it's celebrity fodder, isn't it? It's classic. I'm gonna not have a life in politics anymore. I want to work out where I'm going next, my career. I am quite famous. Oh, let me use that fame. I'll write a book about COVID and I'll go on these TV shows because they'll pay me to do it. I can sit there and set up my stall. And in some ways, and I hate this phrase, but any press is good press. Well. Those kind of people sometimes does apply.
0: And that's what he'll believe, right? And this leads me onto a really interesting question, actually, while we're getting onto it, because going back to something you said earlier on just now, how you frame something like this, very much divides whether or not it's an opinion or just a statement of fact. So Mm. you and I can have an opinion, and I think we've made our opinions fairly clear on Matt Hancock, as I'm sure a lot of people will do. But we can also have an opinion on Harry and Meghan, and that's a slightly more divisive... I
1: slightly differ with you on the Matt Hancock thing.
0: Interesting. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll we'll come back onto that in just a second. But how you frame it is, people have opinions, and that's quite right. But the fact of the matter is, and you put this brilliantly, is... That the media are dealing in their own version of facts and they are throwing out stuff about Hancock and stuff about Harry and Meghan when you're quite right. They should be talking about, you know, real life sort of, you know, stories, things that are affecting the general public, the population of this country, and further afield. There's all sorts of stuff going on that makes the world a slightly nasty thing to observe at this very moment in time, because things aren't being handled terribly brilliantly by by those in control of particular situations. The question I have, which you can answer after you tell me what your opinion is on Matt Hancock, the question I have is this, they obviously have teams, right? Matt Hancock, Harry and Meghan will have PRs. And is it them who are the ones who want the stories out there? Is it Matt Hancock, Harry and Meghan who want the stories out there? Or is it, and this is probably a loaded question, a healthy slash unhealthy combination of the two? You know, imagine. Well, imagines Matt Hancock definitely wants this sort of stuff out there, whether it's being received negatively or not, because he's basically embarking on a hugely public career change. Yeah. <laughs> do you know, what I mean, it's, it's, it's really strange. Your opinion on Matt this, it, this sort of segues nicely. How do you feel about the Matt Hancock situation? What, what are your thoughts on it?
1: Well, I'm going to park that for a moment because... Mm. I want us to examine why people come to the decisions they come to, and why these celebrities come to the decisions of what vehicles to use to extend their celebrity or extend their money-earning capabilities, because I actually believe everybody has a right to a living. Everybody has a right to self-expression. Everybody has a right to do what they can do within the moral compass that we all would put down as reasonable. So, Did Matt Hancock have a right to accept an offer from a television station to go on their show? Yes, he did. Was it a wise decision? In our opinion, you've expressed it. I wouldn't have advised him as his advisor to do that show. However, Matt Hancock wouldn't choose me as an advisor because I don't agree with a lot of what he says. And Harry and Meghan are very well documented to shelving advisors who don't agree with what they say and what they do and how they do it. And for me, and this is interesting, we've talked about building teams and recruiting people and everything else. For me, I think it's really important for people to surround themselves with people who don't necessarily hold the same views as them and that's that thing called diversity that we what we're what aiming for in everything that come from different backgrounds different cultures bring a different view and an opinion the problem with these celebrities who make these ill thought out decisions is that they are surrounding themselves with sycophants and people who just want to make money off them, and who really will just go along with them because they're going to make their cut, they're going to take their percentage of the fee, the, the exorbitant fee that Matt Hancock, or they're going to be making their money out of this docu series. All of these people are just, oh, I'm going to say it, leeches. And at some level, I think the celebrities themselves are actually quite vulnerable yeah. because they are only exposed to people that agree with them. Mm. But it's like their own narcissistic tendencies that lead them to not take the challenges or not even put themselves in the place where they could get some challenges.
0: I mean, someone's, you're so right, first of all. I mean, I think that's a fantastic way of putting it. I mean, Matt Hancock's a really interesting example. We're going to go on to Harry Megan in, in in just a moment, because I think that's a really important, very different example to the Matt mm. Hancock example, but has its similarities. But Matt Hancock's a really interesting example insofar as, Someone's clearly got Matt Hancock, right? Someone has, you know, he he's almost certainly, although you wouldn't put it past this government, in fairness, and I don't want to go government bashing too heavily, but you wouldn't put it past him to still be using the government's PR team and hit the government's spin doctors. But I'm sure he's not, given that that would be hugely oxymoronic. I don't even fracking. know really. <laughs> yeah, they probably don't well, have they get
1: going to get into my views
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean they it's have the a similar worst similar
1: thing in politics They throw out the people that disagree with them They only yeah. bring in the ones that are going to you know, Go with what they want to say So it's and a similar thing
0: Let's put it this way I mean this is a huge tangent, this is a huge leap I'm going to go there If the powers that be, the chief whip, Rishi and co Thought that Matt Hancock Was likely to go into the jungle And say glorious things about the Conservative government's response to the pandemic and how he got it absolutely right and how Rishi's brilliant, that suspension might have been harder to put through. Do you know what I mean? They, they would have been under huge pressure, but I get the sense that it was a fairly easy task, you know, the powers that be within Parliament, because they were like, he's definitely going to go on and build his own profile by saying he just wants forgiveness and that he just fell in love with this woman and that he did this and he did that and, you know, and that, you know, he has regrets. And, you know, if you don't then suspend someone who's going to go in and essentially, in his own unique, nuanced way, badmouth the response to the pandemic, as he should, because he got it wrong, you know, we acknowledge that, then, you know, obviously, you're going to take action. But that's a that's a different point entirely. Matt Hancock, someone's obviously... Got a hold of him from a PR perspective, and gone. You know, let's place you here. Let's position you here. We talk about positioning. We talk about the message he's trying to send. Someone's gone into him, and said, "There's some cleaning up to do here, image-wise." The UK is an incredibly unique audience when it comes to public figures. You know, we kind of love to hate and hate to love. That's in our very nature, and it's that that sort of nature is only growing and developing as social media becomes bigger and as you know, twenty-four hour rolling news becomes bigger. And there's a reason. Matt Hancock got to the final of I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of here, And fair enough, 90% of the reason is there are probably conservative supporters who quite like him, who voted him through. But I would be amazed if there wasn't 10% of the voting audience who were like, I just want to see him have a hard time.
1: I oh my like God. In, the, in the first instance, that was definitely the voting. But you know what? I thought he played it very well. I thought he once he got in there, the the question the questionable thing about him was going in there was the decision Mm. he took to actually go into the jungle. Once you get into the jungle, for those of you who don't watch this show, you get the public votes on who they want to do the tasks. And the tasks are usually horrible tasks like going underwater and being with wheels and all Mm. sorts of different things, or being in a box with rats, or having to eats the genitalia of Australian bush wildlife (laughs) Uh, and you know it's the but he was do you know what I watched that show and I felt he absolutely went in with an agenda and he nailed it Mm. and what he decided to do was just go in there and be super brave take on any task he knew everybody would vote for him to do those horrible tasks absolutely do you know what he won every single task yeah he was ruthless. He was completely ruthless. The, his campmates were a quite interesting, kind of. Their reaction was very interesting to him. They're all stuck there for three weeks together. They're going to have to get on with the guy. Yeah. It might Their politics obviously went against uh, everything he believes in. Yeah. But he started to convert them a bit. But a few of them, even right to the last, were just pointing out small things that he was doing. Like he would turn the telephone numbers of his rival campmates over. So they would leave their shirt with their telephone number on it so that people could see the number and vote for them. He would go around turning those shirts over yeah. so that the cameras didn't have them. And it was little things like that you would see dotted through all this Oh, please forgive me. I just wanted to show myself as yep. a human being. Because nobody knows that us politicians are really human beings. No, what we do know is that you're ruthless competitors who want to get on and want to win. Now, for me, is that a bad thing that we have people who are competitive and want to win and want to do the best in terms of representing us as a country? I don't think that's, that's wrong. What I do think is wrong is his judgment. And I don't want anybody in power in this country with such appalling judgment.
0: It also sends a really... You did
1: show yourself to me, Matt Hancock. You did show the reality of yourself. And the reality of yourself is you can nail as many dirty, filthy tasks as you like. But you showed me that your judgment is completely skewed towards you and what you want and not what other people want and what's best for them.
0: Spot on. You're absolutely spot on. And I think, yeah, that's kind of the overriding image we get is, hang on a minute, you know, he's gone in there and much as it pains me to say it, you know, he's kind of conducted himself reasonably well, public facing wise. What I found fascinating as well, and what became very clear, unless they were doing a brilliant job of lying about it, is his fellow contestants, when they came out and were interviewed about him, that was obviously the first question they were asked. How did you feel when Matt Hancock came into the jungle? They obviously were unaware you know, it was kind of rumored to be happening. And then they obviously all flew out to Australia. And I imagine that ITV have got a fairly watertight news kind of barrier around things so that people don't know what's being said about them and what's being said about the show. And they clearly didn't know that Matt Hancock was coming in. And from a PR perspective, I found it really interesting to watch it because as a result, you'd expect these celebrities, you know, these sort of high profile public figures and, you know, listeners, just to give you a bit of an idea of the cross section, you had... Chris Moyles, who's like, you know, been a sort of, you know, a legendary, in inverted commas, DJ on radio and a TV presenter. Boy George, you know, Boy George is the incredibly famous British musician. Uh, Jill Scott, who won the Euros with uh, the England women's national team last year. And she's fantastic as well. She ended up winning the thing. Sorry to spoil that if you want to binge it back through. They obviously hadn't been briefed. By whoever no, no, their no, PRs None of them knew. None of them knew. So Matt Hancock had clearly been briefed by his team. This is how we approach this. And obviously, in conjunction with Matt Hancock, he was like, yeah, I agree. Because as you pointed out, he will probably only have a team around him who share his vision of where he wants to go. The likes of Boy George, Chris Moyles, Jill Scott, to name a few, Sean Walsh, who's had his own PR issues in the past with his appearance on Strictly. They didn't know that Matt Hancock was going in. They had no idea. So they weren't briefed by their team on how to respond to this. It made it a really interesting PR case study because they yeah. were kind of having to come up with their own messaging and their own yeah. position on Matt Hancock from the perspective of their own profile
1: See, the on interesting the interesting that played out in this was the journalist Charlene, is it Charlene White? Yeah. She's a TV journalist. And she was so conflicted. He chose her. He was so clever. He chose her as his deputy, which meant that they could have privileges over the other campmates. And he offered for her to come and sleep in the comfy beds and not in the hammocks outside in the jungle. She couldn't say, I cannot. I am conflicted. So she ran herself into a lot of arguments with her campmates because she was taking up an extra bed in the camp, which they needed. And they were like, why don't you just go and sleep in in the comfy bed? Can't be bed in the same room as Matt Hancock. We don't understand it, and she couldn't say it's because I'm so conflicted as an objective journalist. I cannot spend the night in a room with that same man on our own because it can it puts me in a in a place of conflict. And she's stuck by her principles. And for me, she was the one that came out like a shining light out of that because she didn't deviate from objectivity. But and she couldn't say because she had to stick with her objective things. She couldn't say them hey, I'm a journalist. I've got to maintain my objectivity. She couldn't say it because then she's looking like she's making a judgment on him by not going. So she had to sort of bear it all on her own.
0: You're right. She did an incredible job. And again, sorry to spoil it for anybody who wants to go back through it. I'm sure you know there'll be people who are doing that. But she was one of the very first people out, which is a real shame because I really felt she dealt with that situation mm-hmm. so, so well. And it comes back to an episode that we have recorded in the, in the past when it comes to sort of, you know, profile building. We've also spoken about this a lot in the past as well. This idea of sort of your own PR strategy centering, not entirely, but a lot of it centers on a value system, a belief system, right? And when it comes to messaging, when it comes to how you position yourself, when it comes to the strategy itself of a company, of a business, and also an individual sticking to those values, you know, you can adapt the kind of output, you can adapt how you work, you can adapt the mechanics of a PR strategy, but the value system stays at the core of everything you do so that everyone stays on message, on brand, stays within the same sort of confines is the wrong word, but knows exactly how they're how they're supposed to behave, you know, in essence. And she stuck to her values. And she came out, in my opinion, looking absolutely fantastic because fair enough, you know, the tactics changed. The strategy in and of itself occasionally changed, like you rightly say. She quite quickly instinctively became aware that she was gonna to have to cohabitate with this guy that she yeah. disagrees with wholeheartedly. But she never strayed we from We don't
1: know that visually we think she might, but she yeah. did she didn't say that.
0: No she couldn't She couldn't do it. She no. never strayed from that. And that's no. the thing, and that's and and that 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 for me is kind of a great, you know, her her team insofar as she has one, which I'm sure she does. will probably
1: that she mean... said she was briefed before she went in by ITV, and you know, I have big question marks over ITV's publicity yes. yeah, team. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I think on this one, they called it correctly, and they said you've got to maintain your objectivity, and I mean, she was briefed correctly during for that show. Really interesting.
0: It is really fascinating, and I mean, and all you, of and yeah. I love
1: the way you brought up values there, Lyle. That is so so true. And I didn't think about this, but you've just made me think about this. And if you look at Harry and Meghan, for example, don't think for one minute they haven't messaged everything they do to the nth degree. Hmm. But it doesn't come from a position of their values. No. Their messaging comes from a position of their narcissism.
0: This is a really interesting point. And this is something, This is I'm so proud of you for these segues. This is huge. This is, yeah, you know, we're growing. We're you, growing love, you love shape. me
1: to riff off what you're doing. I just
0: love a segue. And this is just, you know what I mean? Every time that happens, I'm just like, ah, oh, this is your pure goal, pure solid goal. But, you know, you're absolutely right. And this is something I was going to sort of talk about right at the beginning of this episode as well, which is really interesting because... And I spoke about Matt Hancock and Harry and Meghan being very similar, but also very different examples of celebrity PR. And mm. listeners, full disclosure, the reason we're talking about these two examples is not because, you know, we're we're trying to sort of go in on either party. It's just because they're front and centre at the moment. You know, we could go mm. back through history. and I'm sure we will do in another episode. Of the oh, podcast. I
1: was talking with Kelly this morning, just about um, George Galloway, Jermaine Greer, yeah. all these people that went into Celebrity Big Brother. Yeah. Why?
0: Yeah. Um, who was the Strictly that went reasonably well for her? Who was the Strictly? Ah, um, oh, n- names just disappeared.
1: Oh, um, and um. And Anne Whedicken, yeah, Anne Whedicken,
0: who did who did Strictly, and that went reasonably well. I mean, she, bless her, she wasn't that brilliant, but that went reasonably well for her, and she we kind of saw a lighter side, and that was an example of you know some some reasonably good celebrity PR and it kind of working and coming full circle for her. But yeah, just to sort of
1: vehicle, look at the vehicle that she chose exactly. Advises that's going to Strictly Come Dancing, which is for people listening in the US, is like Dancing with Stars. Yeah, that is a perfect Saturday night family entertainment show yeah. that doesn't take anyone away from their day jobs yeah. that is showing them trying to take on a new skill it's a completely different type of reality show
0: and it's about it's application not
1: about narcissism it's actually about laying yourself open to criticism yeah. because you can dance
0: exactly it's about so applications it's about hard work, about
1: the vehicle that you choose mm. and why you're doing it yeah. so If Matt Hancock had done strictly, Hmm. that might have been a completely different response from viewers.
0: Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. And you know, Strictly, you're absolutely right. In what you say is about you know hard work. It's about sort of you know getting stuck in. You're so would right. Would he you do
1: that hard work? Would he lay himself open to criticism because he can't put one foot in front of another? Would he get paid four hundred thousand pounds? Could he still put his dyslexia? <laughs> the one thing he said he was doing it for the jungle thing. He said he was doing it to put dyslexia front and center in people's minds. Could he have done that with Strictly? Absolutely. Would he have got four hundred thousand pounds for it? Not in a million lifetimes. Mm-hmm. No Would you that exposure? Not in a million lifetimes.
0: Well, because he probably just wasn't, you know,
1: strictly.
0: Like you say with Strictly, you're just not, you know, it's. I'd love Strictly, it's brilliant, but you're just not seen enough. Do you know what I mean? You're seen every Saturday, occasionally Sunday, and then that's it. You're just not seen. Yeah, you know, he wants to be front and center in people's thinking for three weeks and get whatever agenda he was positing. Out there for all to kind of absorb and, and digest, however, you may have decided to do that.
1: Going back to the values, you were about to make a point before I started ranting about Matt Hancock, yeah. Which
0: we could and and I would love to do because it's very therapeutic. Um by the way, you know, I feel like the listeners are starting to glean what our opinion is on this. But you know, we are objective, you know, we are we are we are neutral The Harry and Meghan thing is really interesting. Going back to when we first started the conversation, the idea that Matt Hancock had an agenda and then went and executed it in the jungle, I and you, and I'm sure thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people in the country and worldwide, disagreed with the agenda. Right, insofar as I think he is irredeemable in terms of what he did. You know that that's just my opinion. I don't.
1: I think you know, everybody deserves a ev- ev-
0: ev- everyone. Everyone makes mistakes, and th- there that is. You know, and it's uh, maybe irredeemable is too strong a word, but he got it drastically wrong. He wasn't the only one. I would just like to say that. But, he, you know, as you have pointed out, he was the only one who was then, in my opinion, daft enough. And I'm the same. I wouldn't advise him. He was the only one who then went on, I'm slow to get me out of here and did that thing. However, how he then put forward that agenda, how he executed that strategy, as much as it pains me to say it, because I don't like the guy, was impressive and i yep. hate to say it but 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 he he did come across reasonably well and i'm not the only one who thinks this there were people all over twitter all over social media who were like am i liking even for 30 seconds something he's doing maybe and, and that seemed that seemed crazy now flip that and i said there were similarities but also differences it's hard to disagree with quite a lot of harry and megan's value system particularly harry and the history he has in terms of media affecting his family. Like, it, when, when he decides to talk about that in a concerted way, it's hard to disagree with the tragedy and the loss he and his brother and his family have suffered as a result of the media kind of latching on a high-profile personality, depending on your view. However, the way they decided to do this, I disagree with. I do disagree with it. It's not just the series, which we'll talk about it's the oprah interview it's going back as far as that i disagree with the execution of a strategy that is based on the value system they have if
1: yeah i think you and i are very and i think we're representative of Mm. the two different camps you're the younger audience that has a great affinity with harry and megan as being in their age group i'm in the older audience that is kind of thinking well hang on a second there are two sides to every story i'm not saying the younger audience doesn't think there are two sides to every story but i of think course. the younger audience is much more pro harry and meghan than the older audience mm. is Absolutely. and I think this is an interesting platform a... to see who thinks what because i get it i understand you've had a rough truck but honestly i you know i walk down a high street and i see a lot of people having a far harder time than prince harry and meghan and yeah Poor Sod, he was born into a real gilded cage, I think one of the people called it in the docu-series. A cage, not of his own request, not of his own making, something that was thrust upon him. But I'm sorry, but we have a lot of people who are born into poverty, abuse... Drugs, horrible situations, they don't ask for it either. They do not have the amount of opportunity and choice to actually even create a value set that Harry purports to have. Yeah. What I like to see in anybody from whatever place they come from is kindness, empathy and compassion. And I don't think they have, between the two of them, they call each other kind they call each other empathetic but i don't think they have they know the meaning of those words
0: and this is what's really interesting, isn't it? Because I am inclined to agree with what you, in fact, very much inclined to agree with what you just said, because actually Alice, my wife, and I were talking about this last night. I was driving back from the show and she said she'd been watching the series. And I kind of asked her how it was. Full disclosure, uh, listeners, I haven't seen any of you. I've seen clips of it, but I'm kind of very much going off what, what's been reported back to me. And she kind of spoke about how Harry and Meghan in particular was positing this idea of you know the hardships they'd faced, and you know the, the their upbringing not having been what it could have been. Uh, and Harry obviously framed it within the framework of within the quantum of uh, you know being you know born into the monarchy and being born into the royal family. Check that number one for uh, for quantum. Uh, yeah, absolutely, quantum. Use number one. Uh, there will be more. um But and and Meghan obviously spoke about her upbringing in a slightly different way. And I need to watch the documentary to kind of get a more factual understanding of her background. But you're so right, Alice. My wife was saying on the phone. All they've been saying for the first half an hour is how hard it's been from birth to where they are now. And I find myself watching it and going, How hard can it have been? And this is where the messaging and this is where how you message, not just the, me- there is nothing wrong. Well, there is. I mean, if we were advising them, I think, I think we would say this is wrong. But let's just say you decide to go for it and you say, Our message is that we've had a really hard time. Then how you deliver that is so important and how it's being delivered is through a series that they're being paid
1: how many millions
0: a huge amount of money for. I mean 80 I don't even eight eighty million, hundred million, they're being paid a colossal amount of money. And I'm being real and I'm gonna rant a little bit here. I don't care how much of that is then going to charities. Some of it's still going to you and it will be more than someone will make in a lifetime
1: they need it for protection that now that they're out of the protection of the royal family and
0: i mean you know
1: the contradictions that they that they have are just quite outstanding like they're very upset that they even despite the fact that if you go back through history and you see when people are made princes and princesses Um, Through the years, they're very upset that um, their children weren't made prince and princess, even though, I don't know if it's constitutionally, I think it's constitutionally, it doesn't work that way until the Queen had passed, I think it was. But despite all of that, they're moaning on on the one hand, the fact that they're not called Prince Archie and Princess Lilibet. And on the other hand, they're saying, "Well, you know, we we want to stay away. We want to stay quiet. We don't, but we but we need to have protection. But we're going to highlight ourselves even more and make ourselves even more famous. Even sort of making that protection more necessary. It's just all a jumbling mess of narcissism."
0: And from a PR perspective, again, you mentioned right at the top of this episode, they probably have a team or have had a team in the past. Some of whom who've gone, "Are we sure?" And they've then gone yeah, we're sure. Oh, and by the way, we're not sure about you anymore. You can go and we'll get someone in who's definitely sure about what we want to do. And it kind of, you know, I don't want to go too heavy on this, but it kind of makes a mockery of who they select to be PR advisors and how they, they use them.
1: Megan look watch too many of these romantic Netflix type films about royal families and princessy type films and thought that the whole world was going to teach her how to be a princess and that she was going to have everyone kowtowing to her and you know rolling her around in new clothes and etiquette and all this sort of thing. And she didn't get any of that. And she threw her toys out the pram and got very sulky that she wasn't the center of attention. yeah and, and Harry, who's a very angry young man and has been angry for years quite rightly in some people's minds, hmm. The two of them together, they're just like a powder keg. They're just egging each other on in this, in this, oh, poor me. Oh, let's, all, let's go off on safari to find each other. Oh God, yeah. you know, how many people would love to go on a safari to be on well, there their There was own. that
0: extraordinary, wasn't it? There was that extraordinary, I, I, I won't say where it was because I don't want to kind of be misinformative, but there was that extraordinary clip that's been pulled up numerous times And some people in support of the clip that I'm about to mention have said, oh, well, she was tired. She didn't really know what she was doing. There's that extraordinary clip where they're off on tour. They're off on a royal tour. This is before they decide to separate themselves from the royal family. And they're in a third-world country where the surrounding area is impoverished, lacks resources, this mortality rate is extremely high, higher than anything we experience in the Western world. And she's in the back of a palatial garden with an ITV reporter who says, how's it been these last few weeks you know with the press sort of saying these things about you and um how's it been you know while you've been out here and obviously having to deal with the press and how tired are you and she said it's been really hard yeah it's been really tough i'm having a really hard time actually as it goes and on the one hand he okay
1: First person to ask me how I am.
0: Yeah, you're the first person to. That's it. You're the first. You're the first person to ask me how I am. Exactly. Yeah, that was quote unquote what she was asking.
1: That's being a mother, actually. Wake up, Megan. I don't ever get asked how I am. You get on with it. Exactly. No, but
0: this is the thing, right? It's like on the one hand, sure, okay fine you're having a hard time but you know you and i can say oh we're having a bit of a hard time to each other and you know in the kind of framework of this conversation and our lives and the situations we find ourselves in we can support each other and i'm not saying for a second that she shouldn't be supported in whatever she's going through but the same framework that she existed in was she was that had everything at her disposal other than maybe support and someone asking her how she was fair enough and 50 foot away on the other side of a wall a single mother was facing prospectively
1: genuine hardship
0: Genuine hardship. you know you know have a
1: moment to think about
0: choosing whether she ate or her children yeah ate. yeah, yeah. And, you know going hungry. and you know and and you kind of think i mean they must have and they they almost certainly do have because people are climbing over themselves i imagine to advise them you know because it's it's a it's a money pit you know right now you know amazon prime on a piece but no, do you it.
1: actually do you think that she's had a really hard time genuinely I, mean... I do, I do. I think she, I think she has, and I think he has. But we talked about Matt Hancock and the channel that he chose, and how he chose to channel his problems or you know, his his desire for celebrity. And Harry have chosen very public channels, the channels they purport to hate, by the way, to try and tell their story. Nobody knows the real truth except for us and our story. Well. Just don't. He's just had a re- it's that hard. If it's been that bad, which I'd like to believe, you, know, I'd like to believe you. I know Piers Morgan got sacked because he just goes, I don't believe it. I don't believe that she was suicidal. Yeah. I think he was wrong to, at a time when she's talking about a really tough issue, and the way he responded wasn't very empathetic towards those people who are genuinely going through suicidal thoughts, and that was typical Piers Morgan bluster. But on the other hand, I do kind of empathise a bit with his position, which is, you know, if you're having problems, don't go on TV and start telling people about it or don't write about them in an autobiography. Mm. Have everything at your disposal. You have your close friends, your family, everyone around you. And if you are pulling away and if you can't cope with it, pull away. There are other royals who have had the same problems troubles and have pulled themselves away, pulled themselves away. Done a song and dance about it yeah
0: yeah you know, exactly right
1: Princess Michael of Kent she struggled she pulled away you look at Sophie who's married to Prince Edward she got caught out in a fake shake scam by the news of the world and she pulled it she closed her company back she stepped back from public life she stepped away yeah and she did it quietly and with dignity there is a possibility of doing that this and they the thing. Didn't.
0: Yeah, this is the thing. I mean, I think the final thing we'll, we'll touch on here, because I mean, I, I get the feeling this this is going to run and run and we'll, we'll definitely touch on this in, in other episodes of the podcast as well. But the final thing we'll touch on in this is I find the idea, the delivery of this is very, very unusual. And when you asked, oh, you know, do you think Megan's had a hard time relative to Harry? I Think that was my answer. And and the reason right. I say that is this because this is a small tangent before I get onto the point I was about to make. Megan's father has come up in you know mm. in, you know in, in the news and the media. And this has been an issue, and you know, we won't won't speak about people's family, oh, but
1: he's not towing the line, is he?
0: He's not at all. This is the thing. He has clearly quite
1: washed out of the documentary series.
0: Has he? What is he completely he's not in
1: eviscerated. it? eviscerated. I
0: mean, this is extraordinary. Now, clearly, he's not kind of changed overnight. Now, I used to watch suits you know Suits is a fantastic tv series in my opinion there's you know, some great For performances sure, you know I really enjoy it um mostly because my you know my friends are lawyers and I like to kind of turn around and say oh is that how your your day-to-day is and they're like no no it's not how we act no it's very very not that um but, but you know he was obviously the way he was while Meghan Markle was in Suits and you no know, we didn't hear about it and maybe the you know Listeners over in the states can email us and and say you know maybe we were hearing about it you know because she was a personality a bigger personality over there than she than she now is you know worldwide but we didn't hear about any of that we constantly heard about Harry right you know Harry has basically had it you know and I don't particularly and you know some listeners are going to balk at this I don't really like either of them and I don't particularly like Harry I know some people have a view on Harry you know. I'm not a monarchist by any stretch of the imagination, but I do I quite am. like I do quite like Will and Kate. I mean, I'm, you know, I don't I don't I don't lean one way or another on the monarchy really. I, I
1: so many people aren't monarchists and I don't hold that against them. I don't you mind know, family just through birth should have yeah. some kind of great position it is quite difficult to justify.
0: I don't mind. You know, I you know, I kind of totally. I, I was very sad when she passed. You know, I was very, very sad. And I like Will and Kate, you know, I, I think they're great. I think they're they get it do you know what I mean they just get it and they do fantastic charitable work and mm-hmm. you know public facing they're they're brilliant I think they're fantastic and what they were doing during the pandemic speaking to school children digitally and making sure that they were sort of you know being very open and, and knew they had support when it came to their mental health and their education I think it's great so you know when it comes to that if you separate the background of it and you know the economics of it and what have you I think they're good I think they're fine you know and, and I don't have a problem with it never really been a particular fan of Harry you know you look at the the backstory, and again, I don't want to go Harry bashing too much, but you know he's, you know he kind of went and did his own thing. We're very very quick to forget, although he was young and people make mistakes. We're very quick to forget that he made some very very silly PR mistakes when he was a lot younger, you know, and was caught out doing them, and arguably should have known better, you know, considering all sorts of things. I don't particularly like what he's doing at the moment, you know, when it comes to sort of you know how he's delivering it, and that is the point. The point I'm trying to make is, from a PR perspective, doing this in an effort to clear things up, set the record straight, but also in my opinion, and this might not be what they believe, but this is how it's appearing to me, send a message about how hurtful media attention can be to someone's personal life and their way of life and their family, and sending that through a prism of, look what happened to my mum, but then doing something that's so obviously going to be scrutinized to the nth degree by mm. the very people you don't want reporting on it mm. is extraordinarily mm-hmm. critical you know i i i find i find it difficult to fathom how much of uh, an oxymoron that is and there are people in their team alongside them who are going, this is going to smash. This is going to be absolutely <laughs> brilliant. And That's it will. Amazing. It will be one of the most viewed you things ever.
1: Your story from your own mouth. I can imagine the conversations they've had. I can imagine these Netflix execs going, yeah. <laughs> yeah. this is going to make us so much money. Yeah. I think it's going to turn into a monumental screw up. It's mm. going to, backfire on them spectacularly and it's going to be a really sad indictment of them as a couple just I just think it's distasteful um self-absorbed self-obsessed claptrap and I'm a massive royal fan and I have a lot of respect for the royals doing the job that they see that they have to do which is serve us going out and doing all of these engagements the queen literally works until her dying day like seeing liz trust like two days before she dies. it was just ridiculous madness and all of that great example of service of i mean yeah a lot of people do get born into a job by the way as well yeah. he was born into a job you know boohoo you didn't like the job that you were born <laughs> into Trot on and go and do something else quietly like other people yeah. do. Yeah. But, you know, and I have huge sympathy for the fact he lost his mother at such a young age and the, the archaic infrastructure that he was exposed to in terms of walking behind coffins and all of that. Huge sympathy. But that does not excuse the brain of a man who is in his 30s who should know better yeah. now. Mm. And should act better and be better and be kinder and be nicer to the people around him who he doesn't agree with, throws out such harsh criticism of, why can't you just be a bit kinder and shut up and just let them get on with their lives and you just get on with your life?
0: That's the message, isn't it? The message is just let us get on with it. that's, That's what they're trying to send. But they're sending it in kind of a reality series, documentary way.
1: Pick me, kid. I want to get on with my own life. Look at me over here Uh, getting on with my own life.
0: For those of you that will not watch the YouTube video of this episode, Jackie's just done an excellent physical demonstration of a kid in the playground uh asking everyone to let him or her get on with their own life by waving their arms in the air. And it is absolutely brilliant. If ever there was a reason to get onto our YouTube channel, which is filling up nicely, then go and watch that. It's absolutely. I'm
1: not fun. sure that was that very
0: <laughs> We'll leave it there because there's so much still to sort of uh, still sort of tackle here when it comes to CLEMENT PR, which I'm sure we will through the sort of prism and the framework of of other episodes we talk. We but have to
1: find ourselves a publicist. We do show.
0: We do. And talk no, to I us about how, how you would
1: do this. And I know his publicist.
0: Do it. Maybe All
1: the pets would come on the show. He's just launched a new baby range called Nala's Baby. I wonder if he'd come on the show.
0: My first pet that. was called Nala. Trivia.
1: There you go. There you
0: go. It's a sign. He's it's got to come sign. on. Yeah, get him on, get him on. Absolutely. I'll finish it with this hypothetical question. Would yeah. we have a Netflix documentary of Harry and Meghan? if they decided to go full rogue and hired pierce morgan as their pr advisor (laughs) what what a point it is though right (laughs) surely if i I was in a position where i was a high profile public figure before we finished the episode entirely and thank you so much listeners for joining us this week i think it's been absolutely brilliant i've had loads of fun here we've kind of just sort of on the fly just got things off our chest which i love it but you know if i was a high profile public figure i'd almost be inclined to employ at least as part of my team someone who didn't massively agree (laughs) <laughs> with what i stood for so that i could kind of play to that do you know what i mean like you know it, that's that's surely a, a strategy right that's a tactic okay yeah you will agree with me unsurprisingly and thank you for that pierce what do you think you know a bit like Piers Morgan, you know pierce what do you think uh, I, I think it's rubbish okay well how can it be less rubbish to someone like yourself you know because i'm not gonna drop i'm not gonna back down in terms of what my value system is but you know you clearly hate it and you know part of the strategy here is that i want to be as supported as possible in what i'm trying to get out there Oh well, you know, if if you had to, maybe you could do this. Oh, great, cool. There's some sensibility in that. Anyway, conversation for another day. I mean, this is me basically hypothetically offering Pierce Morgan a job to be my uh, PR advisor. Piers, <laughs> if you are listening, and I know you are, uh, you're a regular listener, <laughs> you know, big fan of the podcast, get in touch, info at the rest is PR.com. We'd love to have you on the podcast. I'd like to talk to you about your interview with Kanye uh, if you're out there. Um, it, it Look, <laughs> madness. Anyway, thank you so much, listeners, for listening to this latest episode of The Rest Is PR on celebrity PR. I've no doubt we'll touch on it again very very soon if you would like to get in touch with the podcast those details are info at or as i've just mentioned Piers, you know where to go info at the rest is pr.com we respond to both emails that can be if you want to suggest a topic for the podcast or if you want to come on as a guest. We're always looking for guests to come on the podcast and chat to us about anything and everything to do with PR and the world at large. If you want to check out our website, that is therestispr.com and the wonderful Harry, who we mentioned uh, before the recording, actually Harry, who's just joined the team at the Mozo and he's oh, fantastic. Harry. Lovely Harry. He's been... All right, Prince Harry our own prince harry there you are he's been working very very see these segways you're flying i love it these sort of callbacks it's brilliant learning brilliantly harry has been doing some fantastic work on our website with some embedded players and some youtube clips up there as well so check out that website's growing all the time and if you want to see what the wonderful team at demozo have been getting up to besides karaoke uh, in lovely northamptonshire that is demozo.com jackie same time next week absolutely always Wonderful stuff. Well, listeners, thank you so much for being with us once again for this episode. And we will see you next week for another exciting installment. But the rest is PR. Bye for now.